0: Welcome to this episode of the Outfront Podcast with host Vince Noble. The podcast that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. For sponsorship and advertisement opportunities, please contact info at nobleresolutions.com. And now, your host, Vince Noble.
1: I want to acknowledge each and every one of you who is stepping into your authentic power today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Outfront Podcast, the show that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. I am your host, Vince Noble. So listen, I am super excited today. We have this amazing guest with us that I believe personifies what this show is all about. We have with us today, Marcus Ogden, where we will be talking about his transition from the NFL, his business, overcoming adversity, and so much more. So let's go.
0: I would tell you is that, you know, if you're not fit to put in at least five to seven years. Get your company, or get your journey, get your vision. And the best chance to succeed, the bottle starting.
1: So today we are super excited to have with us today Mr. Marcus Ogden. Marcus is a former National Football League athlete, keynote speaker, executive coach, business consultant, and best-selling author. His latest book is entitled The Success Cycle. Marcus, welcome to the show today, brother. How you doing, Vincent? Thanks for having me on, sir. Hey, wonderful, wonderful. So today, we certainly have a lot to unpack. But before we get there, before we get to that, tell us a little bit about
0: your current business and what you're currently doing today. I'm currently a national and international keynote speaker, executive coach, best selling author, and corporate trainer. Uh, I've also authored two best selling books uh, Sleepless Nights and uh, The Success Cycle. And the success cycle, honestly, Vincent, is being able to be purchased on Amazon online. Barnes and Noble online, and it's also in every Barnes and Noble bookstore across the country. And it was just made an audible book probably about less than two weeks ago as well. So very exciting times for our brand and what we have going on moving forward. And we also do, Vincent, do some online process some subscription model information where people can, who can't afford our higher ticket coaching or consulting can still get value for a very affordable price Nothing, Vincent, is more than $20 to have access to certain content to help people get where they're trying to go.
1: Hey, that's awesome, Marcus. I tell you, I have purchased The Success Cycle, and uh, it's loaded with value. And uh, I'm doing my second deep dive on the book, and I tell you, I'm I'm getting a a great deal from that book. Uh, Good stuff. So so today, uh, Marcus, um, I understand that uh, you're from the the Washington, D.C. area. And where you grew up with your brother, raised by your father, uh, a single parent at the time. Tell, tell us a little bit about what your early childhood
0: was like or your early influences growing up in Washington, D.C. My childhood was one that was very much um, it was difficult because, again, parents divorced. Father was our provider, best friend, everything you could think of. Great. And he raised uh, he raised us. Um, and again, At the end of the day, what I want people to understand is the following, that our childhood was one that we were raised with three major things. Number one is respecting women. Number two, respecting ourselves. And three, education over sports. And that's really where it lies for me. And I am very excited to to tell people that our father was the main reason that we are who we are today as men.
1: You know, that's 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 wonderful, Marcus. I think uh one of the things in our society today that uh, single fathers don't get the credit that they deserve and, and and that's wonderful that he has uh raised two outstanding men to be what you and your brother uh, uh Jonathan have grown up to be. You know, now your your older brother Jonathan Ogden. You know, it was once said by Michael Sheehan that uh, who played for the uh the Giants, New York Giants said that you know, your brother was, was the kind of guy that wouldn't, he wouldn't break, you know. And uh, he, he said he hated to play uh, Baltimore because Jonathan would always embarrass him. <laughs> he was just that tough. But, but your older brother, Jonathan Ogden, played college football for the UCLA Bruins. Uh, he was recognized as a unanimous All-American. He was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens in the first round. Fourth overall pick in the 1996 NFL draft. What was that like leading up to the draft and hearing your brother's name called in the first round?
0: Well, to see, to have my brother have his name called in the first round, Vincent, it was absolutely just an amazing feeling because he had worked so hard to get to this point and he had done nothing but just put out the effort the energy, the time, the dedication to become the best. And that's what he did, and he deserved everything he got from being drafted number four overall by the Baltimore Ravens in 1996 to his first ballot Hall of Fame induction to being one of the hundred greatest NFL players of all time and regarded, Vincent, as one of the best to ever play the left tackle position.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, Jonathan goes on, as you said. Uh, he played in the NFL He goes on to be an 11-time Pro Bowl selectee, a nine-time All-Pro selectee, inducted into the Pro uh, Football Hall of Fame. He was with the Ravens his his entire career, and he was with them when they won the Super Bowl uh, in 2001. And and not only that, he became the highest-paid lineman in NFL history and is said to have earned over $71 million. Now, the both of you certainly have done your family and the the people of D.C. quite well, my friend. So, Marcus, what was what was it like having an older brother to follow with that type of success to follow within the same sport and position? Um, was there any type of competitiveness or a house rivalry of some sort
0: against the other growing up? You know, no, because my brother is uh, almost seven years older than me, so uh, there wasn't a lot of the competition. We didn't have a lot of that, you know, going on. We were very much just supporting each other. I, you know, like when my first varsity high school football game, he got to actually come to us at uh, one of one of our uh, scrimmages because he was just drafted by the Ravens, and he was able to drive an hour. Back to come watch me play to help give me some advice and some knowledge on how to do my game and perfect my craft at the highest level. So there was no any of that. There was no comparison. There was no, you know, competition because we were so far apart in age. But it was great to have him so close to, in, uh, to where I was growing up in DC with him being in Baltimore because that really helped me to become uh, a phenomenal uh, football player, you know, in my own right.
1: And that's truly awesome. not too awesome. Were were your ambitions always set on playing uh, college football and and playing in the NFL? No,
0: absolutely not. Honestly, I want to I want to follow my father's footsteps. My father was an investment banker and he worked for the Federal Home Bank of New York in their D.C. office. So I actually went went to school wanting to be uh, an investment banker, go work on on Wall Street in New York uh, for Merrill Lynch. That was my dream.
1: Mm-hmm. So so what kind of led you to play at Howard University?
0: Uh, that was my only scholarship offer. Uh, I was, that was my only offer that I got, I got. and As a result of that, it really helped me to get in a position where I could just go to college. And it was great because my father was a Howard grad as well. And with that being the case, it was able to help me get and continue that legacy, Vincent, at Howard to make him proud and make myself proud.
1: Oh, that's, that's awesome. So, Marcus, you you yourself, you end up getting drafted in the sixth round by the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2003. So you go on to play a total of about eight seasons with several different professional teams. And at some point you decided it was time to make a transition to something else. Right. So what what were the conditions that led to your transition? And what was sort of your mindset then? And and what did you encounter?
0: So when I left the game, I had some injuries. I had some back injuries. I had some knee injuries. And I was just not the same player that I was in my youth. Uh, You know, a couple of maybe like five years when I first started my whole career. So in real in real terms, what happened was I had to realize and make myself understand that if I couldn't perform at the highest level any longer, it was time to move on. And then that's what I did. And it was a struggle, Vincent. I wasn't prepared for it. I had to work really hard. And what happened was I ended up putting myself in the same situation of just, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? And then I found a construction company. And and with the construction company, I became the largest African-American subcontractor in uh, the city of Baltimore and the state of Maryland. And that's when I built a massive business, Vincent. But unfortunately, I became very egotistical, very arrogant, and I stopped listening to people. And as a result of that, I I lost my business and filed a Chapter 7 bankruptcy uh, in
1: 2013. Wow. So... So, again, you decide to go into the construction business. So at the very beginning, Marcus, what were the skill sets that sort of prepared you to go into business the first time, more specifically the construction business?
0: You know, here here's the thing is that, you know, the construction business I kind of fell into by just kind of mistake. Right. Because I just wanted to chase the dollars and cents. I should have never been in construction when I left the NFL. I should have gone into some type of, you know, development to maybe move into coaching or something like that that time. That would have been a much better fit, but I didn't have any guidance as far as mentorship in that area. And I was I kind of needed a break from football. So the construction business was a good way for me to kind of set this up and see, okay, if I can do this for a while, if I like it, I'll continue. If I don't like it, then I'll move on to something else. But unfortunately, Vincent, uh, I started making a lot of money early in my career in construction, and that was a gift and a curse.
1: So I would say uh, from a National Football League Player Association perspective, what business resources, mentoring, or transition assistance was available to you during that transition from the NFL?
0: When I left the game, there wasn't any. In 2008, when I left the, the NFL, there was none of that. The, the, the in 2013, that's when it got set up with the uh, Gene Upshaw Trust Fund, NFL Player Care Foundation. And that's when I was able to. Matter of fact, when I filed for bankruptcy, the, the Trust and Player Care Foundation had only been in existence for about. Less than a few months, and I was one of the first players that I was able to get assistance from them, Vincent, when I filed that Chapter Seven bankruptcy in 2013. So when I left the game uh, in 0708, there wasn't anything set up, but now there is, and that got uh, and that got initiated, Vincent, as part of the new CBA agreement back in 2013.
1: Okay, so so at one point you just sort of began to encounter just management financial difficulty in the business. What was sort of some of the circuit the challenges that you faced that that brought about the financial difficulty at the time?
0: What happened was I ended up spending Vincent, about two and a half to three million dollars of my money on a project in uh, Baltimore City for a client, and I was supposed to get paid back the developed by the developer and contractor. The change order work, but I was not. And as a result of that, I ended up having to uh, file that bankruptcy because I spent all of the money and it was not repaid back. So I tell everybody all the time, the first thing you do in business, every job you go on, it is specific to that job. Anything you've done in the past, even for a, the same client, it's a job by job, contract by contract, Setup. So, if you don't dot your eyes and cross your Ts on the other on the other thing on the on each contract, you will can put yourself in a position, Vincent, where you can get taken advantage of.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, your latest book, Marcus, is, is the Success
0: Cycle. What What was your inspiration for the book? I wanted to show people the roadmap that we have designed. To get us to where we are today from, again, since seven and a half years ago, I was bankrupt. I was broke. I had $400 to my name. All of my assets were stripped from me, home foreclosed on, both cars repossessed in the same day. I was working as a job as a custodian for $8.25 an hour after I was fired from two jobs in the same week. And when I've had my pivotal moment, Vincent, and someone's trash, rotten banana peels, spoiled milk got on my bare skin, clothes and body, at that time is when I had the light bulb moment like, OK, if I don't make this change today, I'm going to be here the rest of my life. So the success cycle uh, is really about ambition, which is creating your blueprint and creating a roadmap for your life. Followed by drive, which is about being inspired over motivated, which means you have to put in things and be creative and have them come from within and not motivated by external forces and factors. And then it's all about hard work. Focus on yourself and not the competition. You can do those three things and you put yourself in the best chance to achieve success. Again, I
1: believe, you know, we become who we are over time, uh, both good, bad, right, wrong or indifferent. So as we continue to evolve in many ways, um, you know, you talk a lot about ambition, drive, and hard work, Marcus. What are some of the early life examples you can recall that sort of personally required you to begin uh, to frame your life, if you will, around uh, some of those principles?
0: You know, for me with speaking, when I came home after the pivotal moment I that's where ambition came in. I sat down, I wrote down my three biggest strengths. I then followed it up by okay, what do I want to do? And I fi- I figured out with my strengths of being a good storyteller being a good communicator, wanting to help people, it made sense to become a speaker. So that aligned to the passion. I did a little more research on being a speaker, and that aligned. So I pursued it. Now, of course, you know, it's not as easy as everybody makes it seem to be because, you know, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of foundational work that goes into it, but that was the ambition part of my journey, coming home after that pivotal moment and writing those things down. So that's step one. Then two was the drive, it took me two and a half years to get my first paid speaking job. If I was just motivated to be a speaker, I would have burnt out after about three, maximum six months. And then hard work. Once I had my first paid speaking job and I figured out what worked, I started to focus on myself and what I needed to do, and I stopped focusing on the competition, and that's when things got better. Oh, that's wonderful.
1: So, Marcus, I once heard you say that many are not fit for the journey. What would you say to that today?
0: I would tell you is that, you know, if you're not fit to put in at least five to seven years to get your company or get your journey or get your vision in the best chance to succeed, don't even bother starting. Because it's not going to happen overnight. People say, oh, my God, you know, LeBron James got this huge contract yesterday. Well, how about when he's playing basketball since he was like nine or ten, right? Oh, Patrick Mahomes has got this huge half a million, half a billion dollar contract. Well, how about when he was playing football as a kid and he worked and went to Texas Tech, learned from Cliff Kingsbury, applied himself, went to Kansas City, sat for a year behind Alex Smith, had a okay first year and had a phenomenal year too, and now he's got his contract. Nothing. Happens overnight. So if you're not Absolutely. prepared to put in five to seven years minimum into the business, don't even bother starting.
1: Absolutely. So Marcus, hey, we're, we're in that segment of a show that we call Hot Seat, uh, where we ask a few random hot topic questions um, that we ask. So my, my first question would be, how do you personally define success?
0: Success is about what you're able to do with what you have to help others. It's just not about what you have. Having $100 million, okay, let's take Robert Smith from Morehouse, $5 billion you know, empire, but he gives back. He paid debt off to Morehouse students. He starts his own philanthropy funds. He, he encourages young people to go for their dreams. He makes it cool to be into coding and working in different spaces around, you know, uh, private equity groups like he's he's out there making a real change. So to me, that is success is doing something great with what you have to help others. I tell you all the time, money is a tool, but your heart is the determining factor. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So what's something people seem to misunderstand about markets?
0: People think that I just got here overnight. They think that I became this successful speaker just because I wanted to do it. And or because I or or a big one that people are. I would say the biggest one people misunderstand is that my past football career has really had a major factor in my speaking business success. That's inaccurate. Has it helped me open a few doors? Yeah, here or there. But I've worked for 17 Fortune 500 companies, right, Vincent, in the last four years. And of those 17, 10 are Fortune 100. People like Axe Advisors, J.P. Morgan & Chase, the Home Depot Company, uh, Cisco, Siemens, NetApp, New York Life, MetLife, Liberty Mutual Insurance. They don't care if I played football at the NFL. Is it nice? Sure. It's kind of like a little carrot kind of caveat, but do they really care about that? If they're going to make that a determining factor in hiring me to, to open up and speak to their teams? Absolutely not. And so that's the whole point is that you have to put yourself in a position to work. And that was exactly why, Vincent, I struggled in the beginning with my speaking career. I was trying to lean on my past of being a former NFL athlete, and honestly, that had nothing to do with, my, uh, with me doing what I was trying to do. My first career had nothing to do with what my second career was. So I, that was a big mistake I, I made, but a lot of people truly believe that my NFL career has really helped me. A whole lot to get where I am. It might have opened a door here or there, especially in the beginning. This is for free jobs, like you know, high school football, middle school football, my community initiatives. But you're talking about big corporations, big stages, big companies, Bank of America, all these big boys. If if you don't have the real value, they don't care you play the NFL or not. They're not going to hire you.
1: You know, one of the things I know about you, Mark, is that uh, today you do a considerable amount of of mentoring to to younger. Uh, NFL players as well. So my next question would be in lines with what are your thoughts on kneeling in professional
0: sports? I tell people all the time, you can do what you want to do, but understand when you do something, people are going to speak their mind. If you want to kneel, that's on you. If you want to stand, that's on you. But I tell people, I tell players all the time, Just do whatever you're doing for the right reason and stand behind whatever you want to do. But again, if you do something right and people don't agree with you, understand that they're going to have their opinions, their backlash. And that's just the way life is. So whatever you believe in, you go ahead and do that You stand behind it. But be sure that you're able to explain why you do something and do it for what I tell people all the time, is the right reason.
1: So Marcus, what is one of your biggest failures? Oh, and what did you learn My from biggest
0: this? failure was when my best employee from Caden Premier tried to tell me that, Marcus, if we don't fix this process, and fix the company, and how we're bleeding money, and we're not doing this and not doing that, if we don't fix this, we're gonna be bankrupt in six months. My biggest failure was shunning that employee, not listening to him, not him, allowing him to feel included in which is around the whole process of inclusion. And I created a very unhealthy, toxic culture. Behavior plus time times employees equals your culture. And the behaviors of the organization were set by me and the ones that were putrid horrible, and absolutely lackluster and unprofessional. And he was the only one that tried to help me turn it around. I didn't listen to him. The next, that was on a Friday. He came in on a Monday. He gave me his two-week resignation papers. As soon as he closed the door to walk out for his last day, six months to the day, like he predicted, the company went bankrupt.
1: Wow, that's that's an amazing uh, lesson to learn. So my last question, Marks, will be, what advice would you give someone who has failed at a business, however, wanting to pursue other business opportunities?
0: There's three things you need to build your business on. Number one is operational excellence, strong internal policies and procedures and communication, strong external policies and procedures and communication, delegation of tasks to the right team members. That's number one. Number two is going to be quality product. Whatever you're selling, make sure it's a quality product that produces client satisfaction. Number three is going to be excellent customer service and feedback policies. Learning how to get people's feedback, your client base, your potential client base, your employees, different organizational members, your some of your uh, your partners in businesses, some of your different you know people, your vendors or your brokers, whatever the case may be. Making sure that you have excellent customer service, and that starts with getting feedback from people, not just getting the feedback, but implementing the feedback at the highest level. So again, if you have strong operational excellence, if you have quality products that create great client satisfaction, and if you have excellent customer service, you can rebuild and start over and be successful in any business with those three foundational pillars.
1: Awesome. Awesome insight, Marcus. Thanks for that. So today's episode is brought to you by Noble Resolution, Inc. Leadership, coaching, and consulting. Leadership development is a strategic choice, a commitment to future that balances the need for action with the necessity to taking time to learn. For more information, go to www.nobleresolution.com. So Marcus, before we go today, how can people purchase your latest books again? How can they connect with you online? or through social media. So they media.
0: can go to our website, www.Marcus, M-A-R-Q-U-E-S Ogden, dot You can go to follow me on LinkedIn at Marcus Ogden, Instagram at Marcus Ogden, Facebook's Marcus Ogden. We also have a business page which is also Marcus Ogden, public speaker. Our Twitter is Marcus underscore Ogden. You can shoot us an email, Marcus underscore Ogden at yahoo.com. That comes right to my phone. And again, we do keynote speaking, Virtual webinars. We do group coaching. We do one-on-one coaching. We do consulting. Uh, we have two books uh, that we have. Now, of course, my first book is more, it's a little bit harder to get because the first company went out of business, but we still have the our main book is the success is the success cycle. You can get it at Amazon Online, Barnes and Noble online. You can also get it off our website, and you can get it at any Barnes Noble bookstore across the US. Also, you can get the audio book, The Success Cycle. You can download that on Audible. Uh, It was uh, narrated by an award-winning voiceover actor, Mr. David Zastin. Did a phenomenal job. And then in January of 2021, January first, 2021, Vincent, we're going to be starting our subscription model. For nine ninety five, you can have access to up to thirteen. So it's nine ninety five a month. So it's basically less than ten dollars a month. That you have access to up to thirteen videos per month. One video is going to be on a big theme. Like we're going to have each month. We'll have like goal setting, networking, consistency, right? Things you need to be successful. So the, we'll have thirteen videos. Right about two. The first one's going to be about two and a half minutes in length. Then all the other videos, you'll get one on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You'll get your big first opening video to start the month. Right, then, sit. Then every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you'll get a video with one quick action step to help you be successful on directly tied to that theme, consistency, or networking, or goal setting. It's going to be two minutes in length or less. No more. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so again, it's 13 videos, give or take, per month for $9.95 a month. If you want to go up to another level for $14.95 a month, you have access to all the library content videos, right, Vincent? Then you can have access to our Facebook group where you're going to get live recordings and things of that nature You get to interact with other uh, entrepreneurs, leaders in a very private, closed setting. That's $14.95 per month. And then you have a one-time fee if you'd like to get the Extreme Ownership Playbook PDF downloadable book. That's $19.95 for a one-time fee. So, again, it's either $9.95 a month, Vincent, for our basic package with our 13 videos per month around different topics to help get you energized with an action tip. $14.95 a month is those videos plus the Facebook group. Or you can pay $19.95 to have your downloaded Extreme Ownership Playbook to help you start taking action and ownership of your own life. And again, these products will all be available on our website, on our platform starting January 1st of 2021. You can just get it every full subscription model and you'll get it every single month these great videos or have the Facebook group where you can get your own extreme ownership playbook to help you take control of your own life. And then again, that will start January 1st of 2021. And we created that Vincent for the everyday person who can't afford our high ticket coaching or or consulting, but they still want to invest minimally something they can afford to get ahead in life. And that's why we're creating the subscription model for next year and going forward.
1: That's awesome, Marcus. Sound like it's loaded with value, and I'm sure uh, that a lot of individuals will benefit from that. So Marcus, hey, once again, hey, thank you for joining us today and sharing a part of your story. Uh, it has certainly been uh, all my pleasure, and we hope to catch up with you later in season two uh, to see how things are going with you. So again, once again, Marcus, thank you Thanks for joining us. Right,
0: man, I appreciate you having me, Vincent.
1: Thanks, everyone, for staying with us today. And we certainly hope that you enjoyed today's episode. So if you'd like, join our Facebook group, Out Front with Vince Noble. And you know, don't forget to comment, rate, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your episode. Also, stay tuned for next week. We'll be joined with Miss Davie Davenport, talk show host, Davy Davenport Live and the confidant to some of Hollywood's biggest stars. We'll be talking about how to overcome fear and manifest the level of success that you desire. You don't want to miss this episode. Until then, remember, you still get to write your story.